evening, everyone. Welcome to the new Arsenal review with me, Adam. Hopefully, you all will remember me from last season and seasons before that. Um, in this show, we're going to be going over what's happened weekend gone. Lots of talking points to go over with the first game, um, not to mention the fiasco with the ticketing, um, a nervy performance in the end, but we've got the three wins. And there's also been some interesting news on the transfer front. So that'll all be coming up straight after this. And with me tonight, I've got two gentlemen who need little or no introductions to all of our regular viewers. We have got the man himself, Rich. How are we this evening? Very well, very well. Looking forward uh, to looking forward to maybe taking a slight back seat on channel for a change, which is nice. Oh, well, say it's quite weird that I'm introducing you to your own channel. It doesn't quite feel <laughs> right. I mean, I'll get used to it, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, but yeah, as it feels for you, that must be a little bit weird as well. Uh, well, yeah, it's a little bit weird, but you know, it's uh, it's something different, isn't it? And it's it's all good. That's all right. Then we're happy. And also, we've got. Friend of the show, friend of myself, we've got Stevie. How are we doing, mate? Good to see you. Oh, mate, really excited. Good to be back. You know, obviously, you know, no, no one can no one can replace it. the Don himself, uh, our our very own Rich. So he's not taking the back seat. He's just letting the young'uns play around. He's just letting us have a little play around. Nothing more. Nothing, Nothing more. more. He's pulling the strings. But um, brilliant to be back. Brilliant to have New football season. back. Brilliant, brilliant to have football back. Brilliant, brilliant to actually... Be out there at the Emirates watching everything, you know, burn down round our ears as we were. And I'm sure we're going to touch on that. But I think we've got a lot of very interesting stuff to look at right now, mate. Indeed, indeed. Also, just quickly in the chat, we've got a good friend, Neil. How are we doing, Neil? Good evening. Neil has promised me he's going to be on this show as a guest next week. So we look forward to that. Uh, Rich looks different, apparently. There you go, Rich. Um, obviously, it's the time off over summer that's um, treating you well. Maybe, or maybe it's just as I'm sitting in a different seat than normal. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's Slightly. it. I mean, I've got to admit, I'm not used to the top left. It is quite weird, but you know, it's all right. We can <laughs> yeah. live with that. So, um, uh, Neil just confirmed next week. We're going to hold you to that, Neil. So we'll see you in this time next week, mate. Looking forward to it. Um, so week one's out of the way, um, gentlemen. Um. Three points is three points. You know, we can't be sad about that. But before we come on to the game itself, I want to just talk, obviously, a little bit about the e-ticketing the e system that um, that went down um, rather spectacularly. Um, we were briefly chatting about it off air, and myself and Steve were both at the game, and we had very different experiences of it. Uh, I think I'll start with yourself, Steve. Tell us about your experience in the ticketing system. I, so, so I'm not going to say like I told you so, but I'm going to say I told you so. I knew it would fall on its um, backside. I knew it was going to um, fall over. I knew typically, as with all computer systems, nobody would have sized it correctly or done any testing whatsoever. I got there really early, breathe straight in. I have to say, I breathe straight in. And I understand the reason why they're doing what they're doing, to stop the ticket town, <laughs> but you can still get the codes and everything else so the tickets out are in force outside it isn't actually working um you know uh particularly well and then of course the other part is that the, the flip to it is that you've got your 17 
obviously you've got to go 17 games and you can do whatever it is and you know you're allowed to you're allowed to spend another thirty you know, two thousand pounds with them because you've been to 17 games it's not you don't lose your seat but what they were doing at the gate my understanding is that when it all fell over is that they were using the master pass to get in and out and so the, the conversational piece around it saying well does that count as one of my 17 because your system fell on its backside where are we with it so total shambles. Apparently Newcastle had the same problems as well. Yep. Um, badly sized, not put together correctly, not tested properly. Um, and actually just goes to show that whilst I understand the, re the reasoning behind it's a good reasoning and it's a great idea, get rid of ticket tax, all that type of stuff, badly executed. Badly, badly, badly executed. You would have thought somebody like, like Arsenal would have been way up there and actually had that technology sorted out, but not. They haven't done it. No, I mean, on the flip side, I had a, a very different experience. I go to games with my, with my dad primarily, and we tried to get in about an hour before kickoff. Um, I was actually in touch with Steve trying to meet up with him. Uh, yeah. said, I'll be there in a minute, uh, which turned out to be about half an hour later. So me and my dad went in. I, I breezed through. My ticket was fine. Went straight through, no problems. And my dad's didn't work. So my, on my dad's phone, it was giving a tick. Fine. But on the actual Arsenal monitor it was red it was tick red green on the phone and, and red there so then he had to go to another steward and there was about 100 other people there waiting and it took him half an hour to get in so i'm just waiting the other side thinking what the hell's going on i mean i didn't really think i could have just grabbed myself a beer and been comfortable but i didn't i waited for him obviously um but yeah it took him half an hour and even then which then became about half an hour before kickoff i did start seeing people being let in through the gates that open up to let people out. I did start yeah. seeing then because it was getting pretty horrendous outside. Neil's just obviously commented as well because Neil was at the game on Saturday. Uh, felt like a Hillsborough moment. Yeah, I mean, um, as good. I said, I, I didn't get in, but I remember looking um, when we met up on the concourse, Steve, we were looking down and it got pretty hairy around kickoff time. So we were all, you know, we weren't shocked at all when it got delayed and it weren't good to look out on. And it was one of these things that, I generally think we're a pretty well-run club, but this didn't really do us do us well. Um, and like we said, Newcastle had similar problems. Yeah. Uh, you know, anyone who's got this new e-ticketing system, I think it's, from what I'm reading, it's like you just said, size an issue. They didn't, you know, take into consideration the pure volume of people trying to get in at the same time. So we've just got to kind of hope that when it comes round to Fulham, which is the next home game, that it is all sorted out. Um, but yeah, it wasn't the greatest way to start the season. And I possibly think that could have had an effect on the players, you know, when that game started, because I felt, you know, going into the game now, we we did start a little bit sluggish and a bit slow. Now, obviously, players have that routine that they build up to kick off at a certain time. When they're put out of that, that could be a factor. I mean, we were quite lucky not to go goal down when Brennan Johnson got through. Um yeah which I actually think that chance he missed did actually wake us up in the end. So it kind of did us a favour when he missed that because we kind of had to wake up. But um, let's talk about the game itself. Um, obviously, we've all seen it. Um, Rich, what was your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I do think that the, the late kickoff probably did affect the way we started the game because, like you said, the players are used to things happening in a certain time, a certain order, they're ready to play and then the kickoff gets delayed and you've seen it happen with other games in the past. And it, I think it did have an effect definitely on the way we started the game. But I mean, the first half was pretty much as we anticipated overall, wasn't it? Once we got going, we were in control. We scored two well-worked goals, well-taken goals. And it looked to be 
fairly comfortable, you know, put your feet up, have a cigar and, and enjoy the game. Um, but, uh, of course, the second half didn't quite uh, didn't quite follow the script, did it? You know, I mean, Forest have lost 5-0 their only two previous visits to the Emirates. And at half-time, I was thinking it's going to probably be 5-0 again or something like that because of how much in control we looked. And then in the second half, yeah, the injury, I know we'll talk about that as well, to, to Timber didn't help, obviously, when, when a player gets a bad injury, it disrupts the flow of the team anyway. And coming so early in the second half before we'd had a chance to get going, I do think that played a part as well. But, I mean, I don't think we should look too much at trying to make too many excuses. We won the game and, you know, a lot of teams on the opening day of the season would have loved, loved to have three points on the board. So, I think we need to be pleased that we got the three points. Yes, the second half performance asked a lot more questions then it answered really, didn't it? You know, the, the, we dropped off badly. Um, and in the end, we were hanging on to three points against the Nottingham Forest team who are probably going to be fighting off relegation this season, if we're honest. So that wasn't, you know, we didn't come away from that game thinking, oh, yeah, this is setting it. Like last season, you know, the first game of the season, we we looked good, didn't we? In all, all departments, we were good defensively. We looked good going forward. It was a good away win. And even our first home game, you know, we scored four goals against Leicester. We looked ready for the season and we got straight out of the block. Whereas this time, I'm not feeling that. You know, the Community Shield was a bit of a yeah, up-and-down performance a little bit. This was a bit of an up-and-down performance. And I'm a little bit worried that the start we've made doesn't fill me with a great deal of confidence that we can re replicate what we did last season. And it's a little bit of a concern. But we got three points, so we can't dwell on that too much. We want to look ahead. Hopefully, the next game we play better and we start to um, get some momentum built up. And we won the game. That's what matters. Well, I think that's it. I think all in all, first day of the season, you want to escape any kind of hiccups. You want to get the three points, which does matter. But I was, I was feeling the same way as you. I thought first 10 minutes was pretty cagey. They had that through chance and he missed it, which he should have done better. But when we got those two quick goals, I was comfortable. Going into half-time, I was very comfortable. I thought, well, there's no way to get back into this. And to be fair, they didn't really until they did score their goal. Even... Though we didn't really push on in the second half, but a couple of long range efforts, Declan Rice had a decent shot. We we weren't really pushing for it, but at the same time, we weren't really threatened. It was very much a kind of seem, a training kind of game. It just seemed to be kind of petering out. And I was okay with that. I was thinking three points, but then by the end, we're, we're worrying. I mean, Neil's put an interesting thing in the comment here, and I'd like to see your view on this, Steve. Um, our set of scene selection, not so much of a prize as far as got another half an hour to think about it probably didn't make much of a difference or did it what do you think about it steve i uh, you know so i think it's two three things to take from it um i thought we were lethargic and i thought we were slow i thought martinelli had the game. so, so while well, i say that to, to the, the counter to that is martinelli had an absolutely amazing game and probably one of the best games i've seen him play for a very very long time um but i just think we look slow the new formation and I don't know if that's, you know, obviously I know we're going to talk about it a bit later, but maybe Gabriel um, back in um, uh, defence, you know, whatever's kind of going on with that. You know, he kept him on the bench. Thomas Party dropping back into that right wing position. The whole, that it just didn't seem right. Um, I looked at Havertz. So Havertz actually, you know, I'm not sure we've got time to talk about it, but Havertz to me, I think actually is going to be a good sign. He was doing a Jesus role. But I just pick your legs up. But, but yeah, just pick up a bit of pace because the, the, the guy from the community shield didn't look like he had no pace. He didn't look like he had any pace um, uh, in in the actual um, game itself. But what he was doing beautifully was the hold-up play. He was pestering. He was getting in. It was like he had the brakes on. It was really annoying me. So I just think um, I just think first game of the season, 
everybody's a bit rusty. B didn't have. I don't think B set the world alight either. I mean, it was. I mean, his goal was a worldie, but but other than that, I think he had a quiet game. I think Odegaard played out of his skin. So what I take from it is I don't like this new formation. I, I really don't. Um, I don't like the way it's going. I think Eddie, you know, Eddie again played played sort of well, but the whole team just sort of you just seem to lack a bit of oomph. You know, I think when you talk about did Nottingham Forest really really have it? I think the, when Alanga came on, I can't remember the striker's name. Um, yeah, he was that, and they absolutely changed. Why they didn't play those guys from the beginning? I have no idea. Um, because I'm telling you, Alanga was absolutely next yeah, level. Bossed it, absolutely bossed it. So much so they had to bring Gabriel on, which I th- I oh. thought was um I-, I thought it was a real telltale one. So 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 I think honestly it was the first half was very good. We kind of yeah we, we controlled the game really well. Martinelli played out of his skin. B scored that goal. Eddie was there. Second half we, it was just like we put the brakes on. We put the brakes on and slowed down. So I don't want to see that. I saw an element of that in the um chat in the charity shield. Um. But I just want to see a little bit more energy. It's the beginning of the season. There's no excuses. There's been no tournaments, you know. So pick your feet up, start running. Um, and Havertz, I think, is going to be a great player. But I think he's he's just he just didn't he hasn't the pace wasn't. It's really annoying. Really, yeah, really annoying. Wayne's got an interesting point. Evening, Wayne. How you doing, well, mate? Uh, to be honest, my furthest start early in terms of I think we were a terrific start of last season, but probably peaked too early. I think that's a fair comment there, actually. I'd rather win like this and sort things out whilst getting results. I can't argue with that at all, really, because, like, again, Wayne, Wayne does say it's a marathon, not a spring, but then he does point out he meant sprint. We got that, mate. It's good. Um, but I kind of I kind of get that because sometimes you do get quite a satisfaction out of winning ugly or winning and not necessarily playing well, knowing that you could step up a couple of gears yeah. and get results. What you say about the... Forest was interesting because those two subs still make a hell of a difference. Now, again, talking with my mate who's a Forest fan before the game, a one year they didn't even expect to be on the bench because he's just coming back from an injury that he got over pre-season. So him getting on the bench was quite a surprise for them in the start. So that's obviously the reason why he didn't start. And obviously Alanga had only recently signed from United, so obviously he didn't get straight in. But yeah. yeah, I'm glad they didn't start because they both caused us massive problems with their pace and they didn't we didn't like it at all. Um Neil agrees there saying, you know, good good point, Wayne. Yeah, completely. I mean, going back to the formation, um, it didn't feel right and it didn't look right from where I was sitting at all. I know that they tried Thomas Party in that kind of inverted right back role in the summer. Not He's good. not suited to that. Like you, you've got Ben White there who had done well in that role last year. And I, I think great that you put Ben White back as centre back because that is his natural position. That is where he wants to play. But you don't swap him for substandard. You really, you are swapping out Gabriel for Partey, really. You know, because you know Ben White can do a better job out there. And it just didn't feel right. And I think when you look back on the match of the day analysis, if you did afterwards, they pinpointed it quite well, the way that it wasn't working quite well with Partey. Whereas last year, White and Saka down that right-hand side were really working really well. It was one of the reasons why we were so successful first half of the season. We didn't have that. It was Saka on his own down that side. And We've seen before he can't really do it on his own. I mean, thankfully, Martinelli, like Steve said, did take up a lot of the slack, especially in that first half. He was a, a real menace. But, yeah, I hope – I'm interested to see how we, we set up against Palace now because I hope that we learn from that and we kind of revert back because, to me, that didn't really work. Um, and, again, we because of that, we didn't really look balanced in midfield. 
Um, you know, so I think, yeah, we got the result, and I think we've got to be happy that we got the result. But there's definitely some learning curves from that um, that we can take forward. But I think overall, a win's a win. Like, and as Wayne says, you know, the win's a win. We've got to be happy with that, and we move on to the next game, and we hope to see those right. kind of improvements. But um, let's briefly talk about that. You know, you briefly mentioned Havertz. Let's talk about the new signings. So. Havertz, for me, like he got a lot of slack after, a lot of stick on Twitter and social media and stuff. He didn't have the greatest of games, but one thing I was really encouraged about was the positions that he picked up and the runs yeah. he made. I thought that was really good. And similar to like Odegaard does, he does a lot off the ball that possibly doesn't get seen. He drags defenders away and creates space. There was a few instances in the game where he was making forward runs that allowed Rice time to actually carry that ball forward and get momentum going. And although, you know, on the ball, he didn't maybe look as comfortable as we would have liked, I still saw signs of encouragement there. It wasn't a great game for him, but I saw enough there to think, you know, he needs a bit of time. What, what do you think about it, Rich? I think Havertz is he's a very intelligent footballer, isn't he? And yeah, yeah. I think as well, you know, I think Declan Rice has got the same issue in the fact that they're coming into Arsenal. They've got to fit into this style that Arteta wants them to play, which maybe is a different style to what they've been used to playing previously. And although they know the Premier League, they haven't got to settle into all of that, they've still got to adjust to the system that we play, which is... Sure. And we've seen it with other players, haven't we? Some of them have adapted quickly. Some of them have adapted slowly. Some haven't adapted at all. Um, I'm sure both Rice and Havertz are, are good enough players to be able to adapt and be fine. And I think we're going to maybe have to understand that for the first maybe 10 games, there's going to be some sort of adjustments. I think with Havertz in particular, because he's so versatile, he's going to find it a problem in the fact he's not going to have one position in the team nailed down because one week he might be playing in the false nine. Then another week he'll be playing more in the Xhaka role, a bit deeper. And I think that he's going to be moved around a little bit. So I think it might be difficult for him to actually settle into one position. He's going to have to just get used to, you know, the fact that he's going to be a bit of a utility player in, in some sense, maybe. Because I don't see him nailing down one position. And I don't think he was bought for that. I think he was bought for his versatility. And that may take him slightly longer to really settle in. I mean, I actually think he's had, he, he played okay in the, in the community shield. I thought he did okay on Saturday. He wasn't brilliant. No, he wasn't. Um, but he, he had, there were some good aspects to his play. And I do think that he's got the potential to be a really good player. I think he's a, he's a, he's a top player. There's no doubt about that. We paid a lot of money for him and we need him to be a top player, but yeah, you're right. We have to give him time. We can't judge him on one game or two games. You can't judge anybody on one. If we judged Thierry on real one or two games, it'd have been, you know, we'd have sent him packing, wouldn't we? You know, before he'd even had a chance to settle in. So we need to be patient with him. But, yeah, I think we all want to see a little bit more from him, like you said, on the ball and stuff like that. He's not maybe contributing enough that we would need him to be contributing. But I think that will come as he adapts more to the way he's got to play in our team, which is different to what he was what he was doing at Chelsea, isn't it? It's a different kind of system exactly. that we're playing. I think, and I think you know, even... Even during the game, we saw him in different positions. We saw him start off being yeah. that kind of attacking midfielder. He he yeah. played out wide at some point, and then he finished the game up front. You know, so even yeah. within that game, he played different roles. So even yeah, yeah. that's difficult enough. Like when Trossard come on, they swapped over at some point as well. Um, but that's what I said. wants, doesn't he? He wants yeah. the players to be to be adaptable and to be able to switch positions in a game to throw something different at the opposition sometimes. And I think that's a good thing. But 
unfortunately for some players, it might take them a little bit of time to be able to settle into that kind of role because it's totally different to what they're used to doing. And it's taken a lot of our players' time before and they've got used to it now and it's great. But we need to give Havertz time, definitely. Let's not get on his back after two games. No, no, I'm not getting it. it. There's one bit, right? So there was one thing that I was watching with him, right? There was one thing that I was watching. So he had that break, didn't he? He was, he was running on goal, and then he put the brakes on. It's as if they'd said to him, say, look, don't you know, don't be a striker. Stop and, and, and do that as Jesus role. Pull all the um, pull all the um, players, uh, pull all the players around. Make the space everybody else can be. And I'm like, mate, have the freedom to just like you know, just go have the freedom, have a shot, take it on. Don't be shy. Don't don't. You're not at Chelsea anymore. You're at um. You know, you're at Arsenal. Have that that free flowing thing that you can do anything you kind of want. So, and and I think you're right, Rich. I think we, we need to cut a bit of slack because it took Partey ages to actually fit in. Yeah, <clears throat> is, yeah. And so Terry, Terry's not willing to give him time. I mean, evening, Terry. Good to see you, mate. As always, uh, Terry, mate. Terry, Terry thinks he should have gone to Luton. I want to talk to. We need to talk to. We need Terry's boiler out. I need to talk to him about air, so, air <laughs> ground source heat pumps at some point, Terry. Um, but no, no I, I, I think that's unfair. I think that's unfair. Um, uh, I, I think um, we have got we've got some really really good new signings. Um, I, I think he was. Uh, I, I think Habits actually is going to do that Jesus pain in the backside role that will, and he's going to do all, all the hard work. And his hold up play was absolutely next level. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant hold-up play. It, it, it's Jesus obviously suffers from height. You know, uh, I don't want to be all right. I'm not being heightist in <laughs> any way. From high, I like that. Yeah, height. Yeah, he suffers <laughs> from lack of. Yeah, he says, uh, so he's vertically challenged. I would say so, being nice. Um, but he's uh, but habits at six foot two is actually just what we need. We haven't had that for a long time. So I think he'll be a good player, that utility player that's going to move around and be a total pain in the backside. But what I'm saying is. Play with freedom, my friend. Just, just forget. Kind of when you're on the pitch, we cannot forget what Arteta says. We don't really pay attention to him. Go off and do it. Terry, just oh, Terry come on! Programs at halftime. Terry, Terry, please, Terry, come on! You know, he's, he's driving, so like he might not have meant to put that. You know, let's give him a break. I mean, the come first the game of the season. The Come on, it's not even winter. There's not even snow on the ground, Terry. Come on. Come on, Evening, mate. Loki. Good to see uh, you in the chat, uh, as always. Um, yeah, so obviously mixed reviews from, from Havertz there, one of our new signings. So I wanted to talk about our new signings, um, you know, while we're on the subject. We'll we'll come on to Timber in a minute because it's going to be a bit more running the conversation about that. Declan Rice. Um, I felt he looked very comfortable from the kickoff, personally. I mean... Wasn't spectacular, you know, let's be honest, but he's not necessarily that kind of player. But, you know, he just looked to me like he'd been playing on that pitch in, in that stadium with those with that team for a long while. He was just very... And we shouldn't expect anything less for the money we paid, let's be honest with you. Like, you would expect that. But I was very encouraged by his overall game, going, you know, carrying the ball. He never panicked. When he got hold of that ball, when he was pressured, he never panicked. He'd done the easy pass sometimes and long passes. He obviously had three shots on goal and, you know, two of those were pretty decent. The third one was a bit rubbish, but uh, let's not talk about that. But for me, encouraging start. Um, Steve, what about what do you think about Declan? I, I love him in the team, the energy, the enthusiasm he brings. Um, you, uh, again, he's settling in, but you can see straight away there was that, yeah, community shield that was that one tackle. And I know we talked about it. Um, 
where he came sprinting back and he, he got the ball. And it was the same sort of thing. It was the same sort of thing. <laughs> Wayne, we've got that, mate. Come on, relax. Come relax, yeah. <laughs> Well, we're 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 not be, we're built for marathons here, eating them. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Russ. Um, no, but I I, I think um, I, I think he is a future captain for us. Absolutely. Um, you so did mean it, Terry. Come on, let's not even don't even. It's us. It's fa we're family now, Terry. You so meant it. Um, but yeah. So look, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be a great player for us. You can see it. You can see it potentially he's gonna be he's, he's gonna be our captain. He also needs some time to settle in. I think if he'd have relaxed a little bit with some of the shots, he'd have, he'd have, he'd have buried it at home. Um, so I think it's a good buy. Have we spent a lot? Of, have we spent too much on him? I don't know. That's the one thing I will say is have we spent too much? Probably. Um, but then you look at Moses Casado to um, Moises, sorry, Casado to um, Chelsea. And then Todd Bowley's just you know throwing money around like it's going out of nowhere. Um, um, so, I don't know how to judge. I don't know how to judge players anymore. Transfer <laughs> they are. It's ridiculous. Like you lose count. Like who's worth what? I, I really don't know how to judge it anymore. I mean, like what what is a hundred and five million pound player looks like? I mean, I don't yeah. know. I know what I think one hundred and five million. I'd be buying Richard Yacht to go out of uh, seeing jet around Newcastle in it, mate. But look, yeah. Bottom line is, bottom line is, I think we've got a very good player who's um, going to have a long career with um, Arsenal. I think he's a future captain. That's not to say that uh, our current captain's rubbish, but I do think he's future captain uh, material. Uh, you could tell by the way he was talking to the defence and to actually getting people together and actually so he, he's already in there, he's already in, in that piece. And goals are going to come from that guy. Oh, we're going to see goals. I, I, I tell you now, we're, we're, um, we're, we're going to see goals. Terry, I've just seen Terry's comment. I've missed him so much. Um, so, so yeah, no, I, I, I think Declan's uh, going to be. Um, uh, I think Declan's going to be integral. So, no, no, Loki, tell us your opinion now, mate. Come on, come. Yeah, still have time to sell him in this window. <laughs> yeah, well, if something comes in from the Saudis, come on. I, I've been getting rid of habits, if I'm honest with you. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I think he's going to be a good player for us. So, all in all, and I know we're going to talk about Timber. I think we've we've got some very very um, good buys. Um, I still think I've just got a feeling that, that a few of them need to go out the, the door. I mean, Balogun, you can see the 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 you know, he's being an idiot, um, online in social media. If you don't want to be at a club, I totally understand it. It's like being at a job, but you don't, don't you know, post it to millions of people. There's, while a, way of doing it. There's a way of doing it, yeah. a way of conducting yourself. And, and he did this with his new contract. So, my view is. Don't let the door hit you on the backside on the way out. And I don't care how good he's going to be or anything like that. And I'm yeah, upset for no one player is bigger than this club or its fan base or anything else. Don't care, mate, Balogun. Seriously, uh, yeah, walk out the door because we're going to sell you and go to, you know. And and to turn around and say, well, you know, I want to play. The, the thing with that, sorry, I know we've gone a little bit off topic, but the thing with, with him is he's standing around and saying, I want to play, I want to play. West Ham said, okay, we'll make you, we'll, we'll, we'll buy you. I don't want to go to West Ham. You know, oh, can you bring my, my asking price thanks? I want to go to Inter Milan um, so that we can make the deal happen. Mate, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, it doesn't work. So whoever you've got, whoever the idiots are around that guy, and yes, he's got a talent. There's no, no way about it. But whoever the idiot agents are, and you're welcome to come on if you want to have a chat about it. But um, they're obviously feeding this kid's ego, driving him, and hopefully it, it, he'll be a success. But more than likely, he'll crash and burn. You know, and then I'll be another talent that will just to sort of disappear. Just before we move on any quicker, 
I just want to point out, it's been 28 minutes on the show, and that's the first time Steve has invited someone on. That's got to be a record. So 28 minutes of a podcast for Steve to invite someone <laughs> on. So, I mean, new season. He's turned over a new leaf there, mate. So, well done. Yeah. Um, Rich, Declan Rice, thoughts? I mean, we know he's a quality player, and we know he's going to add a lot to the to the team. But again, you know, you look at the price tag, don't you? And I, I don't like to do that, but it's impossible not to when it's like you said before, you know, what I, I always believe that a hundred million pound player was a player who's going to score you 30 goals a season or was going to assist 40 goals a season and stuff like that. That's how I see the hundred million pound player. But now it seems that a hundred million pound player is a is a midfield player who can pass the ball. <laughs> you know, Casado's gone for even more. Declan Rice, hundred and five million. I mean, I'm not going to hold the price tag against him. And I, I know he's a good, he's a great player, and he's going to do well for us. And he's had a decent enough start. I thought he played well in a Community Shield. He played well on Saturday, and he's only going to get better as he adapts to, <coughs> to the team, to the system, and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm not worried about Declan Rice, and I agree. I think he. For me, he, he is going to be the future captain of his club. He, he conducts himself like a captain, you know, in, in his interviews when he's on the pitch. He, can, you know, he looks like a captain, doesn't he? Because he, he, he was captain at West Ham. He knows what it's about. And I can see that being a natural progression. Yes, I know it's difficult to take the captaincy off a player. We saw what happened when that happened with Aubameyang, for example. It's difficult, isn't it, for a, a player to keep, in the team even sometimes. But I think Martin Odegaard's a sensible enough guy to understand that, you know, he's captain for different reasons, isn't he? He's not a, he's not a leader in personality. He, he's more leads on what he does on the pitch, whereas Declan Rice is just a natural leader, isn't he? He's, a, he's almost like a Tony Adams type figure for me yeah. in his leadership qualities. And I don't think we should dismiss that because everybody loves Martin Erdegaard. I think we should look at what's... But, we, you know, we, we kind of missed an opportunity with Xhaka to be captain because he was the natural captain. He, I know he didn't want to be captain in the end. Um, but with Declan Rice, it's obvious he he is a natural captain and that's got to be where it ends up going. And let's hope it does. But yeah, no, I'm happy with Declan Rice. I think he's a great guy. I love his personality. He's a great player. He's smiling all the time when he's playing, which I like to see as well. He's enjoying himself and he's, he's got a great mood. Yeah. He's happy to be at the biggest club in the world. And yeah. I think we've all got to enjoy what Declan Rice is going to bring us. You know, early days still, of course, but I'm liking what I'm seeing of him, not just what he's, how he's playing, but just his all-round, everything about him as, as a character as well. He represents Arsenal in, in the right way, doesn't he? And that's what I like mm-hmm. to see from any player that we buy. So, yeah, really excited him, actually. I'm looking forward to seeing how he progresses through the season, because I think he's going to be brilliant. I agree. I think out of our signers, he was probably the, even though he played the most of him, he's probably the safest one. The one that we didn't really yeah, worry yeah. about any performance. Yeah. You know I mean? We always yeah. knew what we were getting. We knew we were going to get yeah. consistency. We knew he wasn't going to get someone who was going to do the spectacular. You know, that's not kind of his role. But like you said, yeah. he's been captain of West Ham. He's made a couple of hundred Premier League appearances. He's been doing it at an international level for a couple of years now as well. You know, yeah. so but there was no, it wasn't a high risk transfer, really. Even though we've had a lot of money from him, I didn't see it as a, as a high risk um, no. compared to someone like Havertz, potentially. Um, we won't go into that now, Terry. We'll leave Havertz for another time. So, you know, just <laughs> put that there. But um, let's talk about Drury and Timber. I mean, Neil put in the chat a little bit earlier, still reading about Timber, that injury curse of ours, praying it's not his ACL, because it could be. Yeah, I mean, before the injury, he looked pretty comfortable and he looked like, again, similar to Rice, he looked like he'd been in that, that back line for, for years. 
Um, and he is as comfortable with both feet. That's the one thing I really picked up quickly from watching him in the game. Because usually if you have a one-footed player and they play on their wrong side, they're always trying to put it onto their right or onto their left. He didn't care. Whatever the ball was coming to him, he was controlling it, playing it. And he looked great. I was thinking, well, like, he, he looks great. And he had that little knock in the first half, which they're saying wasn't nothing to do. It was, an, it was, it was a, you know, a different injury in the first half. But they took him out in the second. And I do believe that. I don't know why they would risk someone if they, if they were worried. But obviously, it's not been confirmed, but reports are saying that it is an ACL or it is something quite serious. And we are looking four months at least to come back. I mean, it's hard to talk about the performance without talking about the injury. I mean, so let's talk about the injury. Where does this leave us potentially? I mean, do we now need another body? Is it going to stop someone potentially going out? You know, there's rumours of players that were going to go. Is this going to stop that? Or are we going to have to get a replacement? I always think when you get a replacement, when the player eventually comes back, what does that replacement then do? You know, it's a bit awkward. So what, what way do you see it going, Rich? I mean, I, I never really, before we signed him, I never really looked on that as necessarily being a priority position in that we needed to strengthen necessarily because we've got Zinchenko, we've got Kirior and we've got Kieran Tierney. So it's not like we don't have cover no. there. Um, yes, they're all slightly different players. And what Timber was bringing us, what we saw in pre-season, what we saw in a community shield and bits and pieces on Saturday, um, you can see he's a different type of player. But I think what will happen is, more than likely, is Kieran Tierney will stay. Not because he's going to get much game time, probably, just because we're going to need that cover. If Timber is out for potentially four, five, six months or more, if it's ACL, it could be the whole season almost, couldn't it? So, um yeah. I think that may stop or may prevent certain players leaving as opposed to as necessary. I don't think we necessarily need to bring anybody else in with the players that we've got. We've got enough quality there. I mean, Kiriar did really well at the end of last season. I wouldn't have any problems with him coming in and doing yeah, a job sure, there. Sure. We know Zinchenko's probably going to play there anyway when he's when he's fit. Um, and Kieran Tierney is, as we know, fantastic backup, isn't he? So I don't think we need to... If we're gonna If we're going to bring any more players in, I wouldn't be bringing in a player in that position. I would be looking at elsewhere in the squad as opposed to there personally, because I think we've got cover for there. I would keep Kieran Tierney and play him a bit more. And I think with the Champions League, potentially he will. But yeah, I, I don't think we need to panic and buy a player just because we've got one injured when that wasn't a position we were weak in in the first place, was it? So it's unfortunate for him. I'm pretty sorry for the guy because he, what started out to his Arsenal career looked brilliant. And now, yeah. you know, he, he's got this terrible injury. And I feel sorry for him, really do. But it's not a position that, if it, was, that... if it was somewhere else, I'd be more worried about we'd need to buy. I don't think we need to buy to replace him. I just think we need to, we've got enough players there. Let, let's get him fit. Let's look after him. And then hopefully he can play at some point later in the season. In regards to the position himself, do you think that, I don't necessarily think he was bought to play in that left-sided defensive role, that left-back role, because I do think that is Zinchenko's. I always thought he would be the right-sided the right. version of Zinchenko, yeah. Um, yeah. which is why potentially Partey started there, because I think that if Zinchenko was fit, Timber might have started there instead of Partey. So I did kind of see Partey as that stopgap while Zinchenko was coming back. Um so do you think once everyone's fit, we will then go back to as we were, Zinchenko left, right, right on the right, and then Gabriel again coming back in the team? Do you think that's going to be how it is, Steve? What do you reckon? 
I, I, let's say, say we're, we're also forgetting Tommy Ashley as well. Yeah. He's done all right when he come on. He's done all right again. He didn't really put a foot wrong. He's, he's a unit. Now, now there are there are some rumours, as you know, out there in the media about, about our um, central defenders. But you're absolutely right. Look, we've got Kivior who can play across the, you know, who can play across the back, who's actually predominantly right-footed. Um, is my understanding, although he can play across all four positions. You're absolutely right, Rich. I think he, he he's definitely an upgrade on holding. He's not Gabriel, and he's not he's never going to be Saliba, but he, he could he can fill that um, um, that void. Um, again, my my view is yeah, my view of it is is Timber would have been on the right. So I'm not really sure what that does for Ben White um, and whether he's a backup because. Yeah. But then, then look, look we, we, we've got an, another world-class goalie as well, which has come out of the blue, um, to uh, push Rams out. So I'm gutted for Timber because what we had there or what we have there is genuinely, genuinely world-class player. You can see it. Yeah. You can see it straight out. I'm gutted for the kid. I really, really am. And honestly, I wish him all the best. I, I genuinely pray to God it's not an ACL and that we get him back. However, he did have he did cramp up in the um, community shield, if you remember. So he was cramping yeah, he up quite badly in the community shield and had to come off. So I'm hoping it's like just muscular. Um, something so, so if, if it's going to keep him out, I'll keep him out for a few weeks rather than a few months. Um, that's dangerous. So what have we got here? So we look at it. We've got Kivior. We've got um, uh, 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 Timber. We've got um, Ben White. We've got, um, you know, like that, we've we've got uh, Tierney as well. Now I love Tierney. You all know, like I'm 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 big on Tierney. So one of them should go, right? And, and I think unfortunately it'll be Tierney. Um, but there the other the other part is of course Tommy Ashu is uh, yeah Tommy is injury prone as well. We've seen that, um, not through through his fault. And I'm hoping it, I'm hoping to be fit. But one of them's, one at least one of them has four players that can play in that one position, and and that's just too much. <clears throat> no matter what we what we think, so I I, ju I just think watch uh, watching Timber and and the team really were quite deflated because that was instant. He came on, he did yeah. like he, he did that. He, he put his foot down. He just watched him crack. You watched him absolutely in agony. Off he went, done, bang, uh, uh, off off the pitch. So gutted for Timber, but we have got I think some very very good backup in the short term. Um, I still I'm to be honest with you. I'm still not convinced um, with Zinchenko on the left. I'm just not convinced. I think he's a midfielder. I, I, I really do. I don't think he's a, he's a, he's a left-sided defender. And um, everybody's going to have a go at me for it and stuff. I just there, there's certain. No, you're right. I mean, Zinchenko before he went to City was always a central midfielder, and he plays that for the Ukrainian team. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that I said put him because he didn't want him to be an out and out left back. He wanted that inverted role. Whereas yeah. you like you saw last season when Zinchenko was in the team and we attack, he becoming that midfielder. And I do think that's what he brought him before to replicate that on that right hand side. The interesting thing for me was always going to be who done what when. Like if we had two inverted fullbacks, they can't both invert at the same time. You know that was always going to yeah. be the interesting thing for me to to look at. Which again we might not necessarily see now. You know now it might revert back to how we were last year. You know. Ben White moving into that back three, Zinchenko coming in. Um, but we won't know. I agree with what you say, though. I think, like, you know, we've got Kivior, who I quite like whenever I've seen him, actually. Yeah. He looks really comfortable on the ball, pretty solid, very fast as well. Very fast. Can put an absolute pinpoint pass. He's very, he's, his passing is absolutely spot on. 
Um, but but you know, I, I'm just sort of I, I, I'm just really upset for the kid, like because I just saw, I just yes. finally, 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 I just saw some a, a little glimmer. Uh, a little, you know, uh, 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 just an amazing player there, and all of a sudden it's kind of been taken away from us. It's a typical Arsenal, isn't it, really? It is. I think that I feel like you said though we might then not. I don't necessarily think we are going to get cover for Timber now. I don't think we will. I don't think that was ever gone that plan. But, but I do think maybe one player who we might have sold might not go. I think that could be the the more obvious choice. Whether uh, it was going to be Tierney or whether Tommy, because there's rumours about Tommy going as well. Both of those definitely won't go. I still wouldn't surprise me if one of the two of them went. I think Holding would go if we ever got an offer for him, but I don't think that's really going to happen. But I still think we've got cover, and we have got some really good kind of youngsters as well, Walters especially in that, that defensive role, who I think could get some game time this year, you know, in the Cups especially. But, you know, we have got guys on backup who can do those roles as well. Do, do um, you know, I think it'll affect our outgoings rather than our incomings. Do, do you know who Timber reminded me of? Like, I have to say, there's an element of very, very young Hector Bellerin. Like, you know, when he first burst onto the scene, there was, was, was something about that. No, Terry, stop. Terry, stop. Stop yes, it. Terry, are you thinking that we put Timber as an inverted, uh, Pepe as an inverted left back now? Is that what we're going for? Terry, Terry's in a very mischievous mood today. I can see it. I can see it. He obviously needs a call out or something like that. Someone needs to give him a priority one call out. So he's, he been very he's, on the road. he's already on the road. He's probably on the way to pick someone for her as we speak. Return of Pepe. It sounds like an awful pizza from a like kebab shop, doesn't it? The return of Pepe. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe so, we never um, say, say that. That's again. our that's our signings who are there on on um, on Saturday. But obviously today we did confirm the signing of a new keeper. Um, now we were, we had a chat about this last week, Rich, didn't we? About Lavrea. So mm. we won't go back over old ground, but it'll be interesting to hear Steve's thoughts on this transfer. Love it. Love the guy. And so it, there, there was a little bit of sort of Ramsdale when he first came in, wasn't there? You know, uh, trying to unseat the number one. Um, I, I just think, to be honest with you, and and I've said it before, um, I, I just think um, that, that Ramsdale, the, the end of last season, fell away a little bit, and I think that was down to and yeah, one of the we talked about we've talked about this over and over again. But last last season, we actually missed Tommy Ashu. I think that was a really really big miss for us. Um, I think Ramsdale. Um, Ramsdale is is just. I'm just. Oh God, he just winds me up when he goes up to the halfway line, standing there like an idiot, and I'm like, for God's sake, um, just just kind of you know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why he does it. He's been caught out almost. To, he's been caught out before doing it. He, he comes up. He, he, he only kicked with his right foot, so someone needs to give him some kicking training um, in there. Raya. I have to say, when I've watched him, is an all-round keeper. Can kick with both feet. His, his, his capabilities on the ball, the way he moves, the whole bit. Um, and you saw it this weekend with Brentford. I was watching a Brentford game. Actually, the good keeper they got in now, it's not not a not a shadow. No, of not at all. The thing so, I like the most about this transfer right now is that beginning of the transfer window, Brentford turned down forty million from Spurs for him, but accepted a three million loan. With an option to buy for twenty-seven from Arsenal at the end of it, that, Mate, that makes me happy. Adam, Adam, yeah, but that's that's like selling your dog to a dog fighter as a bait dog, isn't it? That's why they turn that down. No, no one would do that. Even if if they offered sixty million, you wouldn't give your best keeper to them. So they realised yeah. we'd look after the puppy, uh, whereas Tottenham would just got you know no, 
no, no one would do that. No, no manager would, would inflict that level of uh, mediocrity on any player, like by sending them to Tottenham. That's, that's it. Don't, don't even enter into that. From what I understand, though, it is not an option. It's an obligation to buy it. It's not a case of we've got an option to buy yeah. it. We will buy and we have to buy and That's in that contract. All right. And, okay. we'll, and we'll make it up to thirty million next year. That's what I. That's what I believe. Which I think makes it even more interesting because if it was an option to buy, you're kind of like covering your bases. Where now you are saying we're going to have two number ones. Really, awesome. uh, kind of reminds me like the whole. Like John Lucic, David Seaman situation when Seaman first come in. Yeah, because Seaman, the, the, what's his name? Is the is the one that used to dress like a clown? Um, oh, Spanish guy. I can't remember his we name. We're talking about Spurs today, mate. We're talking about Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> but like when that first happened, everyone was quite happy with John Lucic. No one really saw the need for Seaman. I mean, we quickly changed our minds and we saw how good Seaman was. But I remember being a bit perplexed about that, thinking, "Well, what's John mm. Lucic done wrong?" I mean, to be fair to me, still went and won the league with Leeds a few years later. But obviously, Seaman did make Arsenal very, very different. And I think it's going to work one or two ways. It's either going to propel Ramsdale to that next level, which he could potentially get to maybe quicker, or more realistically, possibly Raya could overtake him. And I think that I think that could be the case. I love Ramsdale. I do. I love. I love his personality. I love the way he, he shit houses the fans. You know, I love that about him, but he has got that kind of error in him, which most keepers do have. Is he the next Bert Leno? Is he the next Bert Leno? Is he going to be out the door? I don't want to say no because I like Ramsdale. I do really like him and I love his personality. But I think the way that we want to play football from that back, Rayo is much more comfortable. You know, Rayo is that much more comfortable on the ball. He's good with both feet. He's great distribution. Um, You know, was it a case that a couple of years ago Raya just wasn't on the on the radar? I don't know. They've been but, after it for a while. They've been after yeah, it for a while. Apparently, apparently. So, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, um, anything we also that Rich we spoke about it last week. Is there anything else that now it's confirmed? You want to add to that or? I mean, yeah, I I, I believe that David Raya has been brought in to be the number one, and I think this season we're going to see that transition happening through the season. And I, I think I think um, Arteta has realised that Ramsdale's concentration issues are costing us in certain games they did last season, and that's not really improved. And although he's um, he's a good goalkeeper, and I agree with the John Lukic situation, it's very similar to that, isn't it? I mean, I can remember when we heard that John Lukic was being sold, we were like, "What on earth's going on? What are you getting rid of our goalkeeper for when he's that good?" And then you know, David Seaman came in, and after two or three games, you thought, "Well, that's why." because he's the best. And I think David Raya is a better goalkeeper. I said this last season. I said it the season before. I I don't believe Aaron Ramsdale would get in any other top six team as their number one goalkeeper. I don't believe he would. I think the other top six teams have got better goalkeepers than him. And we needed a better goalkeeper. I said in the summer summer we needed a goalkeeper and a striker. And I felt then we would have a a good team that could challenge on, on all fronts. We've now got the goalkeeper in. We're missing the striker still, but I'm not sure we'll ever get that. But, yeah, I'm happy with David Raya. I think he's a great signing. And I, I feel a bit sorry for Ramsdale because he must know, mustn't he, that you buy a goalkeeper like David Raya, you're not buying him to be number two. You're buying him to, to eventually become number one. And I don't think it'll be long. I think it'll be, you know, before Christmas, I think Raya will be the number one choice. I do. I think it's exactly what Terry said. Yeah, I don't think Raya would have come if he wasn't going to be first choice because he could have gone elsewhere and been first choice. Yeah. You know, he could have been. He had options to go. It wasn't like no one else wanted him. 
Spurs were after him, Bayern Munich were after him. Apparently, Chelsea were trying to get him at the beginning. Evidently, Chelsea was completely off his radar, so he has got some sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's interesting. I mean, like, I do like Ramsdale, but we, yeah, I mean, if Raya can take us, you know, to that next level, then fantastic. It's going to be really interesting to see. Oh, I know that the next, you know, few matches, looking at the team sheets, it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, Ramsdale so, yeah. signed a new contract as well, which is like yeah. in the summer, didn't he? Yeah, so it's like it's crazy stuff. I mean, Arteta's obviously has been shown now to have quite a ruthless side, which can be good for certain aspects, but maybe not in others because he does alienate players quite, quite you know, which has been proven. So again, it'll be interesting to see how he manages that because players have said he is quite a good man manager. Um, but only the players who kind of get games say that. You know, that's exactly. the interesting fact. Uh, just again, post yourself. Cheers for that, Neil. We'll see you next okay, week. Neil, just a quick one. We need a prediction. We do need a prediction, mate. Oh, yeah, we do for Palace. We'll come on to Palace in a bit and we'll show your prediction. No, no, for the season. Neil, oh, I want Neil's prediction for the season. Quadruple. Neil always says quadruple. That's what he'll go for. So it's yeah. fine. We know what Neil's going to predict. It's Neil every week. Quadruple. <laughs> Job oh, yeah. done, you know. Job exactly. done. That's, that's so, uh, before we move on to Palace, there's one other thing that Steve briefly spoke about earlier the rumors around Gabriel that have surfaced around Saudi. Do we believe this or not? Simple enough. I mean, I think, the rumors have come about. I think the rumors have come about because he didn't play Saturday, <clears> and Saudi are pretty much interested in any decent player at the moment. Let's be honest. So, I think, is it the case that people have put two and two together, or is it genuine? And if it is genuine, how do you feel about it, Rich? I mean, it's. It, it, I was surprised when he didn't start the game on oh, Saturday, and my thought was, has he got a little injury? Is he is he not feeling hundred percent? You know, has he got some sort of health issue? And then he was on the bench, and obviously he did come on. Um, so that was that was a strange one for me. Has there been some sort of internal disciplinary issue, you know, in a Bamiyang type situation when he was left out of a game unexpectedly? And we know where that ended up going. I'm not saying that's the case because we don't know. It was just very, very strange that Gabriel, who's played all the preseason friendlies, he was first choice all of last season. Did he? Was he the only one who started every single Premier League game? I think yeah, it was, wasn't before, it? before Saturday, he started 71 Premier League games in a row. There you go. And he was on the bench. So it's not like he was injured or he was not fit enough to play. He was on the bench and he did come on. So something's gone on there. Something didn't sit right with me at the time. Now we're here in Israel. Yeah, is it because, you know, you know what journalists are like? They, they try to create a story from something that's not necessarily there. And maybe that's what's happened. But as you say, a lot of players are going to Saudi. Um, the money's there. And is the, are the two things connected? We will know more in the next couple of weeks, I suppose. But I mean, I don't know. We've, we've obviously with Timber's injury now, and we were just saying about we don't really need a replacement. If Gabriel was to go, if we, we didn't him. sell Gabriel, we'd have to have somebody else coming in at that stage. I mean, yes, Kirior could come in and do a job, but I don't think he's quite ready yet for a full season uh, in what, where we want to be challenging. So I don't know. It's I, I'm baffled by what happened with Gabriel, unless he just wasn't feeling very well that day. Maybe he woke up in the morning, he wasn't feeling 100%, so Arteta said, I'll put you on the bench only if needed, come on. So, I, I don't know. Something's gone on, I think, there with, with, with Gabriel. 
hopefully it isn't something that's going to lead to him leaving the club because he's been our, he has been I know Saliba had a great season last year but over the last two or three years he's been our best defender most consistent defender and I think we need him in the team yeah. we, we do he gives I us that great, that. Saliba, great partnership but well, yeah. I don't know what's I hope we don't sell him I really hope we don't I think what you said briefly there was Saliba and Gabriel first half of last season were an amazing partnership especially away from home they are immense and the thought of them two being broken up is not not nice, you know. Um, you know, I think Wayne's got a point here. I think it was just tactical. Forrest were going to part the bus, the party played at the back line. I did think that as well. I did think that we have now got more squad, let's say, more strength in depth. So for the so-called weaker teams at home, I think we could see maybe more, you know, more changes, you know. Eddie wasn't expected to start on Saturday, let's be honest, after the community shield, no. but he come in. Um, you know, so that was a bit of a shock. Obviously, Arteta said he'd done well in training. I didn't think Eddie done too bad on Saturday. He done what he had to do, scored a goal, yeah. himself out, you know, fair enough. That's what he's paid to do. Um, so I, I did kind of think maybe on the tactical front as well, um, we got the result, you know, it's what, what matters. I mean, Steve, do you read too much into this? What do you think? It frightens me. Like I don't think I don't think Arteta will be that insane to get rid of the best um, defensive partnership. I mean, obviously Sleeper was injured for quite some time. I got to agree with Wayne. I just think it was him playing around with like stupid um, formations that didn't work. I, I, I gen- genuinely do. If I, I don't, you know, look, yeah, there, there's there, there's also talk of you know Partey going to Saudi Arabia. What's interesting actually, just a little, again a little side thing on there. Is the um, obviously the 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 Saudi um, the or the is it the Saudi or the Qataris? I can't remember which ones own which ones own uh, Newcastle. Saudi. Uh, Saudi. Sorry, Saudis. Yeah. So the Saudi so Saudi investment fund, I think it's called. Um, also, are backers by two or three um, two or three steps uh, in yeah. the background for Chelsea. Right, and what um, what they're now doing is that the Saudi football teams who have been bankrolled by the Saudi investment fund are now looking to. It was Newcastle to bring um, what's his name? Who's the one that um, called us? Um, who's the one that went from Wolves out Neves. there? Neves. Neves. So they're going to get him on loan. So what they're saying is that they've now found a way to actually bypass financial fair play by by doing this. And it's totally illegal. Like you know, I mean, you know, if if the corrupt officials within the um, FA can't see that, that was you know, with everything else is going, it just makes a mockery of it. But you know, they have been after Thomas Partey. I think that actually, and I've seen I've seen that from a lot of um, media agencies. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they 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 made a phone call. There was talk of Martinelli as well. Um, and then why wouldn't you? Because he's a really good player. Um, but I, I just think as an as a team, as as I just think I can't see it. I can't see him getting rid of him. If they did, they'd be absolutely um uh it'd be absolutely insane. Because Keeve your I think I, I think Richie's right. So Keeve your's a good player, can play across the back. We've got Ben White that can play there. So you could potentially say, okay, well look, we've got Keeve your as background uh, as backup. Um, God forbid holding in in you know as 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 a third as a third way down. So yeah, it'd be Ben White and Saliba potentially. Then you've got Tommy Asu, you could keep Tierney, then you've got Timber, because Timber can also play um in the center as well of um defense. Uh, you know, that might be the reason that he's got him. That he's actually thinking this guy's gonna go off to the Saudis. It would be suicide. I, I think it would actually be suicide for us as a team if we did that. Um, now that's kind of, I think that that's if that was his plan, that's gone because Tim Timber's going to be out for quite some time. 
and we just with the run of games that we've got coming up and some of the teams that we've got, um, you know, the all-conquering uh, Manchester United, for instance, that basically can buy themselves uh, a win um, at the end of the day. Um, you know, you, you look at that. I, I think, mate, I just genuinely, I would be shocked if we got rid of him. Um, if we took so, the Something else in this regard, uh, let the Saudis have hold in here. It's not coming from Phil. Good see oh, we do, do a two for one on that one, Phil, mate. What we do is we give them holding and El Nini. Like they can have, they can have them. It's done. Oh, I like El Nini. He's all right. Don't and I'll throw, and I'll throw in Vieira as well. We just told we just said he'd done a job on Saturday, he scored a goal. He did a job, but he's not good enough. Balagoon, give him Balagoon as well. The, 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 I'm the, surprised the Saudis ain't bid 50 million for Balagoon because he'd be off then, that'd be fine. Now, something interesting what you just said, right? This, this is something that I've been reading into. You mentioned about media outlets bringing up around the Gabriel and the Saudi links. So it's been actually revealed that the PIF, Saudi fund, whatever it is, yeah. have actually bought Twitter accounts and social media accounts from some of the leading transfer rumour mongers in, in the game. Wow. And the reason it's come out is some of them have actually, people who turned them down have made it public. Said, we were just, uh, full disclosure, we've been quiet because we were in discussion with the Saudi da 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 of selling our Twitter accounts. Um, but it, it has already happened. So what they're kind of suggesting is now that they're also controlling the rumours on social media. Because some of the big ones, I'm not going to name them, but they're all out there if you want to go and have a look, have come out and said, we were approached to buy ours, but we do know that others have been purchased. But obviously, not going to come out and say we're now under new ownership. They've yeah. just got the money and run. So they're still, they're still going as these new things. So this is another reason why we can't necessarily now believe all these rumours because these could be generated by the PIF or by Saudi because they're pretty much taking over the world by the look of it. Um, yeah, I mean they've done it with horse racing as well, haven't they? So yeah. basically, um, they, they've um, <laughs> and Nelly has started dying. So I like El Nelly. He's never done anything wrong for us. You know what I mean? He hasn't. No, and he did score that amazing goal against Barcelona. But and enough, enough already. Enough with the El Nelly thing. Mm. You know, enough well name. Don't Loki, don't you start as well. I've had Terry on my back. It's been our day at the office. Come on, behave yourself a lot, yeah. But it's like Steve's been down the Arsenal data center sorting the ticketing system out. I oh, funny enough that I did say I did send him an email. I sent him an email. I said, Look, mate, I'm an IT consultant. I'll do it for free. Like I'll come in and actually do it for free and size this bloody stuff properly for you. Because you're obviously a bunch of idiots. So if we've got any contacts. Why, why didn't the Saudis really, Terry? Oh, for God's sake. He's just, but, but, yeah, if anyone knows the IT manager down at um, Arsenal, tell them to give me a shout. Come on the show. We've got plenty of space for you. And we'll talk about transactional databases and how to get them working properly. There you have it. There you go. So, um, so that's that, 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 week one out of the way. Lots of talking points, you know. Um, you know, most of it away from the football, actually. But uh, we got the win. We got the three points. So we move on next. Um Palace away Monday night. Um, I don't know about you. We always seem to get the same kind of fixtures at the same time of the season. So obviously Palace away was our first away game last year. It's our first away game this year. We always tend to get Spurs at home towards the beginning of the year. It, you know, it's all getting a bit samey at some and point. Everton I mean, at the end of the season always last yeah, game. It's something it's gone weird with our fixtures. Everyone says they're random. They're not random. Come on. No. Um, yeah. It's the Saudis controlling that, probably. But um, anyway, we'll, we'll do a conspiracy show at some point. 
But anyway, Palace away. Palace had a 1-0 win at the weekend. Uh, pretty solid. Roy Hodgson lost his marbles a little bit. Palace under Hodgson back in the last season were pretty solid. They weren't losing yeah. many games. They weren't conceding many goals. Started yeah. off in the same vein, away from home, 1-0 win. Um, it's a tough game. It's a tough place to go to. We've yeah. not always had success at Palace. With Sellers Park, especially under the lights, is a tough place to go. Um, what are your thoughts, Rich? What are you What are you expecting, or what would you like to see? Well, I mean, I think what I'd like to see is a, a better performance than against Nottingham Forest. I think we'll need to play better than we did against Nottingham Forest because, as you said, Palace they were very difficult to beat under Roy Hodgson at the end of last season. Yes, it wasn't maybe the most difficult game for them on Saturday, but they went away from home and got a 1-0 win, which is always difficult to do in the Premier League. So, fair play to them for that. But I think we're going to have to play better. We, we do have a, in recent years, we've got a bit of a mixed record at Crystal Palace, haven't we? We've had a, a couple of good wins. We've had some heavy defeats as well in recent years. So, it's it's been a bit of an up and down ground for us, hasn't it? And, you know, I, I kind of, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Palace because um, my dad was from that area, Beckenham he was from, and that was his local team. And I always, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Crystal Palace, but um, I didn't like the way they handled the Patrick Vieira situation last season that well. So I'm not overly keen on them at the moment. So I hope we go there and beat them quite comfortably. But I think it'll be a tough game. You know, Palace, you know, their crowd, uh, they're, they're always lively, aren't they? they? They've got a good support. It's difficult to go there and get a, get a victory. We started last season, as you said, our first away game. We won, we played well. If we play like that again, I think we'll win. Don't be in doubt about that because we've got better players 1-11, to haven't we? Um, but football doesn't always work like that. I think we're in... I think we've got... Um, I wouldn't say we've got problems, but we've, we've got one or two issues at the minute. Obviously, the injury to Timber hasn't helped the preparations for the season. Um, I thought there was one or two issues on Saturday that we saw in the second half that tactically and stuff that we need to improve. One or two players not quite fitting into where they, what they need to be doing. So... We've got a few questions that need answering. And the best way to answer that is to go out there Monday night, put in a good performance and, and get the three points. I'm sure we will. I'm thinking it's going to be a tight game, though. Maybe maybe a 2-1 or a 3-1 or something like that and with a late goal. I think it's going to be pretty pretty tight and tough. But I think we should have too much for them and we should win. I just want us to play better than we did on, yeah. on Saturday, really, and improve that performance. And maybe a bit more like we played in the first half rather than the second half. Let's hope that that's what we do and... That should be enough because Palace are a good side, but they're not they're not a top team, are they? And we should expect to go to Palace and get three points. Anyone who wants to win the league or challenge should go to Palace and get three points. No disrespect to Palace. That's what we have to do. And I'm sure we will. 100%. Um, just put no wonder you moved up Northbridge. Beckham, my God. He's, he's <laughs> in a lot of spiky I never moves. lived there. I didn't live in Beckham. That's where my dad's family were from. He lived there. I never lived there, luckily. But you know, it was all right. We, I've not been there for a long while, to be fair, so I'm not going to comment on that. He's um, in a spiky mood. I'll tell you, he's in a real spiky mood today. He's really spiky. First, first game of the season gone, you know, he's he started as he means to go on, Terry. We'll be monitoring this as we go along. Um, yeah. Steve, before I get on to your kind of prediction, are you expecting much change in the lineup on Monday? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I'm, I, I'm, we're not seeing 
party at right back. Um, obviously, Elise has gone on the um, Ted Bowley train again as well. The offer accepted, but he's not signed yet. But I've just saw online, Palace have reported Chelsea for an illegal approach. Fabulous. Um, About bloody time as well, because Ted Bowley, ah, what? Uh, well, I won't even get into it. I want to get it. just winds me up. It really does. Um, so look, look, look my, my, my view of it is we cannot have Thomas Pyatt right back. You know, you've got plenty of players. Put play it properly, right? And unfortunately, you're gonna have to drop somebody. Somebody's gonna have to sit back. Um, you know, and it might be habits, you know, um, or whatever it happens to be. Um, so I I think we'll we're gonna play obviously our strongest team. I think we're going to start. I, I do believe we're going to see an increase in energy, an increase in speed, and and you know, look, they've not got um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, for God's sake, it's not that bad. Why is why is he on? I was like, yeah, I got a one. He's like three or four up. What he's turned around and said about habits. Like seriously, Terry, come on, man. So do we need to? Yeah, do you need do you want to talk to us? Do you want to like go on a private chat? We'll have a little chat, mate. Like you know, get some therapy going. Um, so no, so what I think we're going to see is, is is a different team. I think we'll see a couple of the names drop to the bench, and I think we'll see a more classical formation that we're used to. I think Martinelli is going to absolutely shine. Um, Saka needs to, so B needs to up his game a little bit. Um, I don't know. Does anyone know where Reese Nelson is? What's happening with him at the minute? Is he back off his injury yet? Because that that we didn't talk about signings. That actually, I think, is a, 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 just a really great signing for us. And I, I know he just signed his new contract. I just generally think that that kid can go on and actually be, um, you know, I'd be very positive about him. But I think this is going to this is going to be his time to shine. Um, um, <laughs> he's, he's he's such a lad, isn't he? He's such a lad. He's obviously had a difficult boiler to fix today. Like I can see it. He's had a gas issue. Well, that's what I'm thinking. So look, what I think is different team, a lot more energy. It's going to drive. Uh, well, we're, we're going to actually. Hopefully, Arteta will stop smoking whatever he's smoking, and he'll just actually focus on on getting his team together. But I, I think it'll be a very strong Crystal Palace that we see. But they haven't got Wilfred Zahar. It's Jordan Ayew again that scored the goal. It's the same faces that sit in there. At least they won't play if they've accepted the offer um, going in there. So they're gonna, they, they, you know, Ezra, great player and all that, but um, awesome. Sorry, someone's just come back and said that. Um, that's really, really good news. I generally, generally, really rate that player. I think he'd come on leaps and bounds. So, so I, I think, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go three-one. Actually, as my prediction, I think we're going to be a little bit too much for them. Um, uh, because R- Rory, for I love him to bits. So, here's here's an interesting stat that Sean told me the other day. Roy apparently is older than the Bernabeu Stadium. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. Oh, at least he's uh, at least he's injured as well. So I, I just think it would be too much for them. I generally he's think older than the Emirates Stadium. Yeah, yeah, so am I. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, am I. Mate. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's older than the original Wembley. <laughs> um, so yeah. Exactly. You don't want to get out your car. Sorry, mate. Headset on. Go, go, go for the drive-through, mate. Get yourself a little tucky bucket for the missus. So um, we've got. A- We've got 2-1 from Loki in the chat. We've got 3-1 from Steve. Rich said 2-1 slash 3-1. Uh, we all think we're going to concede, so I'm going to say we're going to get a clean sheet. I'm Ooh. going to say that we're going to get Gabriel. Well, is Raya playing? Do you, do you think Raya will play? If Raya plays, we keep a clean sheet. Well, no, I think Gabriel's coming back in. I think Gabriel's coming back in with Saliba. We're going to get back to a familiar backline-ish. Uh, I'm going to play, but I think maybe Kivio could come in or Tommy can do a job there. 
Hopefully, Tommy. we see Ben White on the right connecting with Saka. I think, I think we probably could see Partey move into the midfield and Havertz drop because we're playing away from home. It's yeah. so a more of a traditional way of playing like we were yeah. last season. Uh, I'm going to go 2 0 like we were beginning of the last season. Palace away 2 0. I'm going to go for the same. And I'll take that. I don't yeah. care how we get it. We'll get a win. Um, like Wayne says, if we get it like, you know, a bit scrappy, not playing fluent, then fine. If we play brilliant, I'll take that as well. Uh, we've got another just, free one in the chat from Emerson. So, just, uh, just, just up to the theory a bit. Just up to the theory a bit. He could actually drop, um, he could actually, uh, drop uh, Eddie. And move Havertz um, up to the uh, uh, up to striker's position. Well, I was going to say that, but I didn't want to, you know, get Terry off again. Like, you know, he's, he's trying to get off his driveway. He's trying to get out of his car. He's got his dinner yeah. in the So, go for a drive around the block, mate. Go get yourself a tucky bucket. Go on, boneless. Go to Beckenham. Drive around Beckenham in your car. You'll love it. You, you won't yeah. even have the van at the end of it. The wheels will be gone. Tools will be gone the whole lot, mate. Exactly. Sound <laughs> like that. <coughs> Okay. I'm trying to be positive, Loki. I try to be. I try to be. You know, it. it sometimes it's hard, but um, not tonight. I'm, I'm positive. Still beginning of the season. You know, yeah. I think the first couple of games have been fairly kind. I know we've got a, a difficult run coming up after that, um, but I, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Not just for Arsenal. I think it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks in football yeah. in general. Um, Terry, talk about positivity. Look at this. Get in there. It's so, the yeah, I like, that, I like that. It's so, basically, Palace are going to ship goals, um, yeah. which they haven't been doing under Roy Hodgson. So, we're very positive on that. But I'm quite looking forward to Monday night football. I quite like a Monday night game. Um, I think we have to win. I think if we're serious contenders this year, um, you know, like, like me and Rich said last week, we, we, we both would kind of accept top three. Uh, but if we are, cons- you know, we have to win these kind of games. These are not games yeah. that we should be dropping points. There's plenty harder games out there. No disrespect to Palace. Um, but again, Palace will be bang up for it. Their fans are very vocal at home. They'll be bang up for it. If we don't get a good start, we could easily get swallowed up. So I think that's really, really important. Start better than we did against Forest. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see. First 10 minutes, be nice and positive. Go on the front foot. I do think the selection is going to be interesting. Um, it'd be amazing if Raya started, wouldn't it? Just straight in, Bosch, see you later. Can't see no, that. That'd happening. be a statement, wouldn't it? That'd be that a statement be... to say, wouldn't it? You're that here to be number be one if you did that. I mean, that he didn't even do that when you bought Ramsdale, did he? Leno was still number one for three or four games, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. So that would be interesting. Um, but other than that, I do think we'll see Eddie start continue playing up front. Uh, I, I potentially see Havertz dropping out, Partey coming into the middle, you know, that kind of stuff. But other than that, as you were, uh, 2-0. I'll take that. I'll take that. So, um, that's the first all-new Arsenal review out of the way after game week one. Thank you very much, gentlemen, um, for being here. I mean, Rich, what else have we got on the channel this week? Tell us. Well, tomorrow night, I'll be doing a uh, Women's World Cup uh, review show. We're looking at the semi-final England, of course, play Australia tomorrow, um, 11 o'clock. So, um, can an England football team reach only a second ever World Cup final? That's going to be a very tense morning, isn't it? But we'll be here tomorrow night to look back on that game. Hopefully looking back on a win for the Lionesses, looking forward to the final on Sunday, but we'll see how that goes. It's going to be a difficult game. Um, so that's coming up then. I'm hoping on Friday to get a Crystal Palace fan on. So if, if you're out there, if any Crystal Palace fans are watching and you want to come on the channel Friday, let me know. We can have a chat about the game. 
about some previous meetings and about Roy Hodgson and one or two other bits and pieces. Um, so that could potentially be um, on Friday if I can get that sorted out. And then, of course, um, hopefully Sunday we'll be doing a World Cup final watch along, England against Spain. Hopefully that's what it will be. But we'll have to wait and see. Let's fingers crossed for tomorrow first. But yeah, we'll be back tomorrow night, win or lose. We'll be here tomorrow to look back on. A World Cup semi-final. There's been a couple of World Cup semi-finals recently for England, hasn't there? Can we finally win one? It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Would be good. Very nice, very nice. And Steve, my man, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Great to see you. I'm sure you won't be a stranger. I actually feel like I talk to you more than I talk to my wife. That's not a bad thing, I guess. You've just uh, made it weird. you made it really weird and uncomfortable for me on this podcast right now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> nothing, nothing makes it uncomfortable for you. I know you too well by now. Um, thanks very much, mate. I'm sure I'll be seeing you very, very soon. Everyone in the chat, um, too many people to mention, but thank you. Chat's been really, really good tonight. Really enjoyed it. Great banter. Uh, hope you're home okay now, Terry. We've got one more little chat in here from Terry. Oh. Uh, do you think Trossard oh. will stay or want? Trossard, I think Trossard instead of Havertz, that would be a good one because he's angry and annoying. I don't um, think Trossard does anything wrong that he can't get in that team, but I do see he is that kind of impact player that I think I, that's, that's the way he is, and I think he'll play in the, the cups. I mean, what do you think out of that? I mean, do you think I think he will stay? I can't see he's going to be off now. I mean, whether that's the same in January, I don't know, but I can't see him going anywhere now. No, no. I, I can't see him going. I think he's a very, very good player. He's aggressive, angry. He's just a nasty bit of work when he comes on, and I love it. <laughs> my, my viewers, um, <laughs> glasses on here tonight. Uh, my viewers, yeah, yeah, mate. There's no, uh, we've been at Specsavers. Same. Yeah. It's, it's a shame about the VAR individuals who've now been banned. They haven't been to Specsavers. E easy. Um, no, I, I, I like Trossard. He's that angry, annoying. He's, he's kind of what Eddie should be. Um, and I, yeah, that's a really good point. Actually, that was a really, really good one. Um, is, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think he should. I think he should. He should potentially start up front. Be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, should be starting, yeah. he should be starting more games, definitely. Trossard yeah. is brilliant. Trossard has come in, his stats are unreal. He's like his yeah. assist stats is unreal, like top of our of our team by yeah. far. Um, yeah, so um, I mean like alluding to what Loki just said, like we mentioned earlier that you know Gabriel was height challenged. I think we're all you know visually challenged. So um, yeah, yeah, sorry about that, but you know, contacts just won't work it. So uh, yeah. love it. Love it. No worries at all. Cheers for getting involved, Terry. Take it easy, mate. Thanks for everyone right. else. Have a good one. Uh, Thank you to see everyone. You next week, everyone. As always, come on, you gunners. Get you there. Yeah. No, not Martinelli. Stop it with the Martinelli up front nonsense. He was he was like Martinelli had more nut there's so many nutmegs in that game. He could have made a bloody um, rice pudding. That's all I'm saying. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. Love to everybody. Yeah, guys.